what I got. Look, look. I got that. Isn't that nice? It's it's a, a credit card for that company. Oh, okay. With credit on it. Do you go there a lot? Do you? No, I've never. I've never been twice in my life. <laughs> but uh, that's where I'm going this week. <laughs> There's a big one over there. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's what you mean? Yeah. It's so next I, to the Prince of Wales. It is next to Prince. Is there, oh, yes, there is, yes, of course. And there's another one the other way, down in Covent yeah, Garden. That's right. There you go. Fancy you knowing that. Used to work in there years ago. Didn't, did you really? Yeah, yeah. Did, you have a, did you have a thing with badges all over you? Uh, no, no, I was a magician. Were you? In, uh, I've seen your act, you yeah. weren't. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I've seen your act twice. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. I trust you well. It's LBC 97. I don't know why we're in such a good mood, actually, because Leicester Square... I walk in. I can always tell how good or bad it is in Leicester Square. If I walk in and Gary goes on, on the desk, a bit noisy and frisky last night. Because the first time he told me, I thought it was him he was referring to. And then looking at him, I suddenly realised it's not. And uh, some mornings you come in, and I said, it looked a bit quiet out there today, but it's Children's Day, which means they're all wandering around. They've all had a few drinks, and they're all well, looking... the children. The children, yeah, but when I say children, they are school children. But they've obviously been served alcohol in, in bars, and now they're looking for something to eat. And one girl was so funny, standing outside the door, she's going, it's not like this in Kingston... And I thought, does she yeah. mean Kingston, Jamaica, or... <laughs> anyway, uh, being Thursday, mm. Paul Saver is with us. Good morning. Only for a short time. Well, he has to, he has to nip off. for a short time. Yeah, he'll, he'll be till 6.30. You're the only one of our contributors who's, who's here for the beginning of the programme. Jonathan Levi, yesterday, and John, I must tell you, Jonathan Levi is on a... Is on a well, he was on a plane. He, he came in here yesterday morning, yeah. went home, changed, packed, into work, from work to the airport. He's flown out... Eleven and a half hours. Eleven? No, he'll he'll be there, but it's eleven and a half hours. Right. To see Paris Hilton, four fifteen it was yesterday afternoon. So did you still at four fifteen, five fifteen, six? No, four fifteen, eleven and a half hours. Nine fifteen, ten fifteen, eleven Quarter fifteen. Quarter three. 1:15. Got off the plane. Yes, then. you silly woman. Honestly, <laughs> no. I, listen, don't ask her to do your <laughs> banking. She's got no idea about figures at all. Really hopeless. Yeah. So he's then seeing Paris Hilton. Yes. When he finishes that meeting, he's going back to the airport and coming back in, lands here on Friday morning, and then he's going to work. I went to the movies in uh, in Los Angeles once, and there was all this kerfuffle behind me, and Paris Hilton was sitting there. Oh, right. And there was a, a kerfuffle. Was such a good word. A kerfuffle. We couldn't see the blooming movie because there were too many people taking pictures. Oh, isn't that annoying? It was. I tell you what was equally annoying, and I'm glad I saw it, though, the Danny Minogue programme, which is showing on ITV2. I had it. Terribly oh, she's dreary. so dreary. She's so, in fact, the trouble is, every single critic, without exception, has said the same. You know why? She's fake. Because she is she's dreary. fake. In fact, even you speak to yeah, she, she's what she she yeah, she sort of pretends she's going. Oh, mm. And she's one of these, and it's so annoying because she's loud. She walks into room and goes, Ah, I can't believe it. And you think, oh, shut up, you're not like this. This is just being silly. Oh, actually, it's something really annoying you this morning. The producer will be delighted, but you'll be furious. Come on, then. Guess who's been, just been booked in to pantomime at the new, at the new Wimbledon Theatre? Shut your face next door. <laughs> Who do you think it is? I've just You've heard. You've just heard. In my ear. Louis Spence has been oh. cast in Peter Pan. In fact, they haven't got anybody yet apart from him. They say he's no stranger to theatre. Because he's been in Cats and uh, Miss Saigon. As what, I ask myself? As what? A floorboard? Well, he was probably the helicopter in Miss Saigon. He was never Mr Mistopheles in Cats. Well, it might say that on there. It might have been a touring version. It certainly wasn't the new London. There was no way it was Paul Nicholas when it started. 
And if <laughs> Louis went downhill it, after that. He didn't do the whole time, exactly. I bet he did the touring version of Cats. He never did that. What was that, Wikipedia? Yeah, rubbish. What a load of old rubbish. <laughs> Don't believe a word internet. of it. So, but he's, he doesn't have a starring role. He's playing one of the pirates. I'm hoping to land a role as one of the other pirates who kills one of the other pirates. <laughs> and makes him walk the plank. <laughs> and makes him walk the plank. Nightly, with a tick real tock, rope around top. <laughs> the moment they sent that through as a press release yesterday, my mm. life was ruined. <laughs> All we need to discover <laughs> is that Alex Reed or the Lavender Girls, uh, who are Jordan's new best friends, uh, are starring in Pantomime, but I think not, as we've mm. seen poor Phil's uh, acting abilities on Channel 5. Incidentally, Dawn Airy out from Channel 5. Good. Didn't take long. For half the uh, management of Channel 5 to go, as Richard Desmond has a clear <clears> out, <throat> seven out of the nine board members, whoosh, gone. Well, so. something needs to happen. Something needs to happen at ITV. Yes, ITV's a bit poor at the moment, it isn't is. it? It is. Very poor. It's a shame, really. Richard Hakey got a mention in The Standard last night. Did he really? He certainly is, uh, did. Uh, audience members raving over Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, really? The, he went there, did he? Yeah. See uh, Sister Act. LBC radio presenter Richard Hakia, 29, said 29. 29. God, oh, dear. Says Whoopi was electric. Really? Somebody obviously plugged her in. And lit up the stage as soon as she came on. She was a natural on the stage. It was a masterclass. So we're going to have to have a word with Richard Hakia later. We are. It was like masterclass. <laughs> sort that on. out with him later. <laughs> anyway, on the programme this morning, uh, we'll talk to Nathan Morley at half past. And uh, who else are we going to talk to this morning? Oh, Roger Foss. Roger Foss is back, yes. Roger Foss is back. He missed Whoopi Goldberg. I bet he was not very happy I about that. I bet he was that. not very happy about that as well. And as you know, the presenter photos are up on the LBC website. Yes, That's I'm all I'm going to say to you. And next week, guess guess what, what's happening next week? Who am I going to get to see every day in the studio? Pass. James Whale. Oh, yes, of course, because, because he's ev- taking over from he's Nick. He's taking over from week. Nick for every day, because Nick's going off for Botox and emergency lipo. And, uh, and so in, in his place, James Whale. Now, you know that the only day that James can get up early is Thursday, because he can't get up the rest of the... Matron prods him, they give him injections. They- She's even bought a cattle prod. And he's <laughs> just... Yeah, get out! Get out! And he's going to have to, uh, to get uh, up in the morning. Because he's going to have to be in here and he's going to have to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I'm sure he'll manage And impress me with his courgettes. So I'm very much looking forward to that. So that's next week, James Whale, LBC. Better, better, better dress up for it, matey. Oh, are you coming in for the meeting today? We've got a meeting today where we all sit down and we suffer ritual humiliation over the figures. And so even though we know that the audience figures are fantastic, they're always very clever at making you feel like, well, they're good... But you can do better. <laughs> so every time everybody sits there, and there's a lot of sweaty palms, let me tell you. You know, some people who've done better than others, some people who haven't done as well. Mm-hmm. And, and some people who sit there. I always take an apple in for Richard Park. I always take an apple in, sometimes a fruit basket, anything really, you know, apple for teacher. And I sit there and I always smile and try and look, you know, as if I'm little Lord Fauntleroy. So, you know, <laughs> always works every time so far. So, uh, James, we'll see you a bit later on. Have a safe trip. He's probably driven off the motorway now. What's the matter with him? He's sound like he's right. He, for some reason, he's got a convertible, hasn't he? Or he's got a sunroof. He must be the only person in living memory with a sunroof in the car. How 80s is that? And he bombs down the motorway at 30. And it sounds like he's in a wind tunnel. It's <laughs> dreadful. Anyway, nice to see you, Paul. Thank you. And uh, Paul has our stories for today. Uh, we do. Uh, we have a story uh, about a statue <laughs> that's been erected. In Croatia, 
and it's celebrating um, Shirley Valentine romances. Oh. It's at a holiday hotspot, um, and it's uh, it's been worn out. Worn by, out? Worn out by a woman, by women touching the right boob <laughs> of the statue. Why? For luck. Touching the right boob? Yes. Oh, I don't like it's a life-size idea. bronze oh, yeah. showing a holidaymaker with a fisherman. It was created at the seaside resort in Croatia as a tribute to all the women tourists who've fallen in love with local men. <laughs> uh, locals have dubbed the artwork a tribute to the unknown seagull after the nickname for sailors who tried to pick up female tourists. Oh. Uh, we get a lot of older women from the West here and the men, especially the fishermen, have made a study of how to pick them up, explained one of them. <laughs> yeah, but right. uh, they have to uh, take the statue back in and have it repaired because the right boob has noticeably worn down and it's a lot smaller than the left one now. Oh, Lord, honestly, it reminds me of James O'Brien. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> somebody's written in, actually, asking whether, whether or not we're going to see pictures of him in his Speedos. Who, oh, James O'Brien? Yes, push it. Well, because he's, he's gone to a holiday camp in France... He's gone camping. Right. And the French have a rule. You're not going in their pool wearing shorts because they say they harbour diseases. And if, you, if you're out playing football or something like that, don't ask me how this works, but it happens in a lot of places. And so you've got to wear Speedos in their pool. It's absolutely true. Absolutely true. The fr- it's a hygiene thing. The, f- the French will not have... Because you tend to find people who wear shorts wear them all the time. So they'll, they'll play in them, <laughs> then they swim in them. But whereas you don't play in your Speedos, do you? Well, I don't. Barmy, it is. It is mad, isn't it? It is absolutely mad. I'm watching this this gorilla on the television. Yes, yeah, so am I. One of these silverbacks, and I tell you, they always say if a silverback runs at you, stand your ground. Yeah, right. <laughs> have you seen how fast these things move? I have. They are absolutely unbelievable. I've I've, I've become quite in touch with nature yes. recently. There's a silverback. <laughs> yes, there's a silver. She's very much a silverback. She's lovely. Uh, now, Noreen says, Morning, Steve, Paul, Nathan and Mr Chaz. Morning, Noreen. Hope you're all well. She says, like the LBC pictures, when will the Hall and Church ones be up? Well, we're still waiting for this. <laughs> They're all ready to go. They just haven't quite made it yet. I'm going to have another go today. It's the digital age that they're trying to get their it's, heads I around. I know. It's this password thing. Although, as Dawn says... She says, how can you lose a password? Can't you just reset it to get another one? I don't know. Well, you often have to put the old password in to make a new one, don't yes. you? Yes. So, well, but then it says, forgotten your seen. password, and you click on this thing, mm. and then it, it says, we'll reset another one, and we'll send it to your email address. Mm. I don't quite understand why it's the problem. But anyway, we, we, we will find out, and uh, we, will, we will sort it out so you can have a look at those <laughs> lovely pictures from Church. <laughs> because, strangely, the pictures on the LBC website were taken more than a year ago, when I was a little bit bigger than I am now. I mean, I'm almost sylph-like, you know. I mean, now... I mean, ad- admittedly, you know, I, I do look pretty hunky. But, but I look better now than I did then, because they were so... I didn't think they were going to see the light of day, these pictures. And I bet Nick Majerison probably wishes they hadn't. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> no, because some people take a photo. I'm not photogenic. I've never been photogenic at all. But uh, I'm always, I always live in hope that one day... I'm going to look at a picture and go, that's a nice picture, I like that one. It'll be sort of me in Moscow, pitch black at night. Won't see me at all. Anyway, it's uh, quarter past five. These are the headlines. Ken Livingstone and Una King have told LBC they've got what it takes to beat Boris Johnson in the mayoral race in 2012. They both say they'd want more powers over the police to tackle youth violence. 
Up to five Met police officers could be prosecuted over an attack on a terrorist suspect that a six-year-old Baba Ahmed was held in tooting in December 2003. And budget airline Ryanair has been told to hold a review after a three-year-old girl fell to the tarmac whilst boarding a plane at Stansted. She was only slightly hurt. Investigators say her mother should have had help with her children. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. It's Matt Jones. E97.3. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I love watching the uh, the mayoral lead-ups for 2012. Ken Livingston say and Una King that they've got what it takes to beat Boris Johnson. They didn't have last time, did they? Well, I, I was, was out straight uh, while away. I was driving in and heard this report myself, I was oh. wondering to myself why they didn't do it in the first place yes. before Boris got have in. Have you noticed all these people will tell you anything? Ken Livingston said if he actually gets in, he's going to hold a big music festival in Hyde Park and he's going to make sure that uh, no music venues close down. So he's quite clearly going for a youth vote. It's a load of old claptrap, of course, as of usual. Course it is. And they say they want more powers over the police to tackle youth violence. What do you think the police are doing? How patronising to say that. They'll, st- they'll tell you anything to get elected. You'll hear the truth only on LBC. Mm. None of this claptrap from politicians. Well, I think he's very bitter about not being in at the moment. Well, he still wants to be... He still wants to Queen be Mayor of London. Of London. Queen, Queen of London. <laughs> but he, he wants to be Mayor of London again. And you think, well, the, the, the London people said no. Yes. But because... Resoundingly. A resounding. Out. You know, we don't, we don't want you. And uh, get over yourself. Do you Go know back what to I like about and that's Boris? It. Is that well, he's bumbling. <laughs> no, no. But he's not, though. I don't think so. By and large, he gets on with the job and doesn't do all this self-grandification. No, he doesn't really, does he? He's, he's a bit actually... Yes. yes. I mean, to be honest with you, the moment they go into election, Ken will have to disappear from LBC, because otherwise the, the programme could become like a platform for him. Well, it wouldn't be allowed, would it? I don't know how it works for mayoral debates and, uh, and for run-up to the... Well, I don't it's know how probably that the works. same as, as anybody same. that's going for election. I don't know, but I don't, know how it... but I don't think it makes any difference on London Mayor. Because it's, it's what's coming known as local, isn't it? So I don't think it sort of counts. Well, it's still somebody being voted into authority, so yeah. I think it probably would count. Vote for me. I'm Steve Allen. Honest Steve. Yeah, I think you should be mayor. Oh, I can't think of anything I th- worse. I think, I think Nick should be prime minister. Yes. He'd do a blooming good job. I to think. be honest with you, I mean, everybody says that they'll do a better job. Unfortunately, in many of these instances, their hands are tied. That's of course, why that's the nothing problem. ever gets done. And they go, but we all know what we want to see. We want to see less drunks on the street. We want to see, you know, more people being respectful to the mm. police and to elder people. I want to get rid of uh, this culture of thieving off the country, shoplifting and all the rest of it. But you can't do it because it's just an immense... And it's just got worse and worse. There's uh, some mm. lads in the paper today, some Asian lads. And what their scam is, and it's been going on for donkey's years, this one, the insurance scam. Only these ones were even cleverer. They set up their own insurance broker... And then arranged with people to have accidents. And each time they had an accident, because they, they said to the other person, listen, we'll give you £500 if you just admit liability. The yeah. other person went, oh, OK, that's fine. Yeah. They were then claiming off them through their own insurance company, getting 17,000 quid a time. They've just been found guilty. One who had three accidents in one day. In fact, two of them that's were roughly at the luck. same time. One was on one roundabout, the other was 31 miles away. Four and a half years, he's gone to prison. Fantastic. I think death penalty. I'm sorry. Three hundred and fifty million pounds a year, roughly, they say these people are costing. Well, Robs. that's what. Do you remember when they did it? I remember. I've got some Pathé newsreel mm. of them interviewing all the, uh, the people who'd come in from Trinidad who were working on the buses and the tubes. Yeah, who were grateful to have a job, and the the Brits didn't want to work on the, no, the that, tubes. That's the problem, isn't it? Why we, don't we, we want to do that? 
Um, I'd love to drive a tube train. <laughs> I'd be grateful to drive a tube train. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd like to. Would but, you not? But, oh. No, there, there are lots of jobs that uh, immigrants do that we don't want to do. But why? Why? So is, we need them. Peculiar? Well, what would we do um, without uh, immigrant doctor, doctors and nurses? Absolutely. Half the hospitals would be closed. Indeed. The buses, the London transport would, would collapse. Cleaning would disappear completely. There'd be nobody cleaning. We'd all have to clean ourselves. But all I was trying to say was that we need to be a bit more selective. Yeah. And let in the ones that we want. Mm. And um, if, you know, and control illegal immigration because we don't. Well, Australia, if if you were to go to Australia or America, America's classic case, Mm. you can turn up there and they go, right, are you of any benefit to our country? Have you got a skill that we need, or are you just coming here to sponge? Oh, well, I got stopped in America. Where, where are you staying? I'm staying with a friend of mine. Do you have any money with you? How much money do you have with you? They want to make sure that you're not going to be a drain on their mm. economy. Here, we don't seem to ask the, these questions. And also, because there's so many people coming in, because it's such an easy touch, that's yeah. why nobody's trekking all the way to America. The only people doing it in America are the Mexicans. Yes. And they just keep trying it, and trying it, and trying, and eventually it works. Yeah. Slow process, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it sure is. It sure is. But we've got to... Uh, we've, we've just got to get tough on illegals. It, yeah. It, you know, if they're given asylum or if they're legal immigrants, that's quite... That's different. Well, there's a great case you'll love in the paper today. A footballer who's been playing for one of our leading football clubs, and it turns out he's an illegal immigrant. <laughs> he changed his name. He's actually a Romanian who was deported... He came back in and changed his, his name. He's been working and living under another name. Mm. And they found out, so he's up in court. And you think, it's, it seems to be all over the whole country. We're not very good at things like this, are we? Not really. Not very good at much, really. No, I, was thinking, I was just going to say, we're actually quite good at football, and I suddenly realised... <laughs> no, we're not. We were the other night, we did win. <laughs> did we? My next door, yes, apparently so, 2-1, <laughs> I think. Although, David Beckham at 35, you'd be delighted to hear, has been told that he's too old to play football and so Capello's not going to play him again he said there will be one more match with uh, David at Wembley so the fans can pay their respects to him lovely (laughs) but he he said he's not going to play him but he's been told he's alright for the LA Galaxy apparently apparently so yeah well yeah but the Americans do everything and you have to be older it's like here on a completely different tack you you go to see a show in Blackpool most of the dancers the average age will be 17 16 for show dancers. Mm-hmm. Go to Las Vegas, average age 28. Oh, at least. At least 28. They're much, at least. <laughs> they are, and in the, the Liberace show, they were about 40. But, it's, but they're much, much older. Much, much older. Anyway, we're going to take uh, a short uh, break and uh, then we'll have more. You can check out the LBC pictures on the website. I think there's about 50. 48. Oh, two have been taken off. God, I hope they weren't mine. Yeah, there were 50 yesterday. There's 48 today. Two have gone. Oh, thank God I'm still there. I think there are two pictures of everybody. It's either two or three pictures. <laughs> well, the figures are out today. Let's see who's That's right, yes. yes. We, we had years ago, it was very funny, I must tell you briefly, there was an LBC Christmas card, and the front of the Christmas card was every presenter yes. we had on there. And I've still got a few of these cards at home with, like, little souvenirs. And then LBC got taken over by a company, and people were called in to the room. And as they came out, they'd go, and they'd shake their heads, and we put a big cross over their picture on the Christmas card. <laughs> in the end, it was like a giant noughts and crosses. There, oh. were, there, were, there, were, there were so many crosses on this Christmas card. It was it was quite funny at the time, and I've still got it as a little souvenir from all those years ago. I don't know. Water under the bridge, eh? 
This is LBC 97.3. In these uncertain times, there's one thing that's certain. With Saab Personal Contract Hiring, this morning from 10, LBC 97.3. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I, I love watching the, uh, the mayoral lead-ups for 2012. Ken Livingstone say and Una King that they've got what it takes to beat Boris Johnson. They didn't have last time, did they? Well, I, I was, was out uh, while away. I was driving in and heard this report myself, I was oh. wondering to myself why they didn't do it in the first place yes. before Boris got Have in. We noticed all these people will tell you anything. Ken Livingstone said if he actually gets in, he's going to hold a big music festival in Hyde Park and he's going to make sure that uh, no music venues close down. So he's quite clearly going for a youth vote. It's a load of old claptrap, of course, as of usual. Course it is. And they say they want more powers over the police to tackle youth violence. What do you think the police are doing? How patronising to say that. They'll, st- they'll tell you anything to get elected. You'll hear the truth only on LBC. Mm. None of this claptrap from politicians. Well, I think he's very bitter about not being in at the moment. Well, he still wants to be... He still wants to be Mayor of London. Queen of London. But he wants to be Mayor of London again, and you think, well, the, the, the London people said no. Yes. But because... Resoundingly. A resounding. Out. You know, we don't, we don't want you, and uh, get over yourself. Do you Go know back what to I like about Boris? It. Is that well, he's Bayern, <laughs> No, no, but he's not, though. I don't think so. By and large, he gets on with the job and doesn't do all this self-grandification. No, he doesn't really, does he? He's, he's a bit actually... Yes. yes. I mean, to be honest with you, the moment they go into election, Ken will have to disappear from LBC, because otherwise the, the programme could become like a platform for him. Well, it wouldn't be allowed, would it? I don't know how it works for mayoral debates and uh, and for run up to the. I well, don't know how that works. It's probably the same as as it's anybody that's going for election. I don't know, but I don't know how. It, but I don't think it makes any difference on London mayor because it's it's what's coming known as local, isn't it? So I don't think it sort of counts. Well, it's still somebody being voted into authority, so yeah. I think it probably would count. Vote for me. I'm Steve Allen. Honest Steve. Yeah, I think you should be mayor. Oh, I think I, th- I think I think Nick should be prime minister. Yes, he do. Blooming good job. To be honest with you, I mean, everybody says that they'll do a better job. Unfortunately, in many of these instances, their hands are tied. Of course, that's the problem. Nothing ever gets done. And they go, but we all know what we want to see. We want to see less drunks on the street. We want to see, you know, more people being respectful to the Mm. police and to elder people. I want to get rid of uh, this culture of thieving off the country, shoplifting and all the rest of it. But you can't do it because it's just an immense... And it's just got worse and worse. There's uh, some lads in the paper today, some Asian lads. And what their scam is, and it's been going on for donkey's years, this one, the insurance scam. Only these ones were even cleverer. They set up their own insurance broker... And then arranged with people to have accidents. And each time they had an accident, because they, they said to the other person, listen, we'll give you £500 if you just admit liability. The other person went, oh, OK, that's fine. Yeah. They were then claiming off them through their own insurance company, getting 17,000 quid a time. They've just been found guilty. One who had three accidents in one day. In fact, two of them that's were roughly at luck. the same time. One was on one roundabout, the other was 31 miles away. Four and a half years, he's gone to prison. Fantastic. I think death penalty. I'm sorry. £350 million a year, roughly, they say, these people are costing. Well, the one thing that I don't get, front page of the Daily Express today, foreigners get 77% of new jobs in Britain. They're also, compla- they're also complaining there's 1.7 million, I think it was, on the housing list mm. looking for houses. Are they stupid or what? We're letting too many people in. We're a little island. 
No, because Cameron said that's the first thing they're actually going to do. Cameron said the first thing he's going to do is is look on immigration and say we've he got did. to clamp down. That was one of his main getting in. That was one of his main policies for getting in. And he said we're now letting people in, whereas we should be curbing the same as every other country and saying, listen, we haven't actually got any room. There is no more room. So that, that's how it works. Whether, whether they get round to doing it, I don't know. But most of the ministers said exactly the same, that the border controls are out. I mean, now you arrive in under a lorry from wherever it happens to be, mm. and you can actually get a house within, within a week. Yeah. It's that easy to get houses. And they've just said, wait a minute, the local councils, why are they... Are, there's all these people on the waiting list, and yet you can arrive in and be given a house... Because people have ripped up all their, their documentation. Yeah, because it's, it's that simple. Wrong. And then last Just night, wrong. the BBC, of all people, I'm watching a documentary and thinking, this must be Channel 4 or Channel 5 or something, on travellers. And they were doing it on a site in... It must be on a farm, where half of the farm is legal. Right. Because they, they've bought the site and they've applied for permission. The other half of the farm, with another 60 wagons on is illegal. And the police have said that they're going in there with the bailiffs and they're kicking them off. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't quite get the, the traveller situation. I don't understand why, if you're called a traveller, you want to put down roots. thought the idea was that's why you're called travellers. But, I mean, you know, far be it from me to sort of question things like that. So, and then, so they interviewed, this whole programme is interviewing the children of the travelling families, saying, you know, is, is it really disruptive when you have to move? Yes, it's really disruptive, go these little girls and the little boys. And I found it quite fascinating, because what they didn't say was, but don't you think maybe your mummy and daddy should do something legally? As opposed to, illi- that's why you were woken up at four in the morning and moved on, mm. because you don't have any planning permission to be here, and tarmacking it over a bank holiday weekend and putting up, putting up houses is actually technically illegal. If you did it, or I did it, or she did it next door... They tear it down immediately. Yeah, it makes you wonder why they don't give them jobs to fix our roads if they can do it that quickly. Well, there's a man in the paper today, I'm afraid, and on a lovely village green in Gloucestershire, by the church, some travelling families turned up and removed the barriers around the village green and they've moved the wagons on. So what he did, he lay down in the gap between the fencing and the police removed him because he was obstructing the travellers getting onto the site. So, 20 wagons have now Getting moved onto the... onto the site. Yes. Yes. Don't ask me how, why the police are so, so lame when it comes to this kind of thing. If you and I did it and set up a camp, it would be illegal. But this is... And so there's all the rubbish piling up, and the travellers have said they will move, but they like to push it as far as they can. So that, meanwhile, this, this poor old man, who doesn't want to be named for legal reasons and for fear of repercussions, mm. um, is saying, I was the one who was arrested by the police for trying to stop the travellers going onto the village green. does make sense. It doesn't make any sense, does it? I mean, either you're going to have rules in this country and we're all going to abide by them, or you're going to have lawless, in which case, <laughs> to the lot of you, and I'll do what I want. Because that's what it does seem, doesn't it? Certainly does. See, I don't have any problem with, with, with travellers. No problem, provided they pay taxes like the rest of us and mm. they abide by the same laws that we have to abide by. Yes. I, don't, I couldn't I care less whether you're a travelling family, whether you're from Mars. Makes no difference to me. As long as you abide by the rules of the country... That's fine. And you pay your taxes and your vehicles are licensed. That's all I want. I don't want anything different from anybody else. But nowadays, oh, you can't say that. Why can't you say that? Because it's the law. We are too overcrowded in this country. Half the Brits don't want to do certain jobs. That's what... Do you remember when they did it? I remember... I've got some Pathé newsreel Mm. of them interviewing all the uh, the people who'd come in from Trinidad who were working on the buses and the tubes. Yeah. 
who were grateful to have a job, and the the Brits didn't want to work on the, no, <laughs> the that, tubes. That's the problem, isn't it? Why we, don't we, we want we to have... do that? Um, I'd love to drive a tube train. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be grateful to drive a tube train. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd like to. Would but, you not? But, oh. No, there, there are lots of jobs that uh, immigrants do that we don't want to do. But why? Why? So is, we need them. Well, what would we do um, without uh, immigrant doctor, doctors and nurses? Absolutely. Half the hospitals would be closed. Indeed. The buses, the London transport would, would collapse. Cleaning would disappear completely. There'd be nobody cleaning. We'd all have to clean ourselves. But all I was trying to say was that we need to be a bit more selective. Yeah. And let in the ones that we want. Mm. And um, if, you know, uh, and control well, the ones who can benefit. illegal immigration yes. because we don't. Well, Australia, if, if you were to go to Australia or America, America's classic case, mm. you can turn up there and they go, right, are you of any benefit to our country? Have you yes. got a skill that we need, or are you just coming here to sponge? Uh, when I got stopped in America, where, where are you staying? I'm staying with a friend of mine. Do you have any money with you? How much money do you have with you? They want to make sure that you're not going to be a drain on their mm. economy. Here, we don't seem to ask the, these questions. And also, because there's so many people coming in, because it's such an easy touch, that's yeah. why nobody's trekking all the way to America. The only people doing it in America are the Mexicans. Yes. And they just keep trying it, and trying it, and trying, and eventually it works. Yeah. Slow process, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it sure is. It sure is. But we've got to... Uh, we've, we've just got to get tough on illegals. It, yeah. It, you know, if they're given asylum or if they're legal immigrants, that's quite... That's different. Well, there's a great case you'll love in the paper today. A footballer has been playing for one of our leading football clubs, and it turns out he's an illegal immigrant. <laughs> he changed his name. He's actually a Romanian who was deported... He came back in and changed his, his name. He's been working and living under another name. Mm. And they found out, so he's up in court. And you think, it's, it seems to be all over the whole country. We're not very good at things like this, are we? Not really. Not very good at much, really. No, I, was thinking, I was just going to say, we're actually quite good at football. And I suddenly realised... <laughs> no, we're not. We were the other night. We did win. <laughs> did we? My next door... Yes, apparently so. 2-1, <laughs> I think. Although, David Beckham at 35, you'd be delighted to hear, has been told that he's too old to play football and so Capello's not going to play him again he said there will be one more match with uh, David at Wembley so the fans can pay their respects to him Please. lovely <laughs> but he, he said he, he's not going to play him but he's been he's... told he's alright for the LA Galaxy apparently apparently so yeah well yeah but the Americans do everything and you have to be older it's like here on a completely different tack you, you go to see a show in Blackpool most of the dancers the average age will be 17 16 for show dancers. Mm -hmm. Go to Las Vegas, average age 28. Oh, at least. At least 28. They're much, at least. <laughs> they are, and in the, the Liberace show, they were about 40. But, it's, but they're much, much older. Much, much older. Anyway, we could take uh, a short uh, break and uh, then we'll have more. You can check out the LBC pictures on the website. I think there's about 50. 48. Oh, two have been taken off. God, I hope they weren't mine. Just, yeah, there were 50 yesterday. There's 48 today. Two have gone. Oh, thank God I'm still there. I think there are two pictures of everybody. It's either two or three pictures. <laughs> well, the figures are out today. Let's see who's That's right, yes. yes. We, we had years ago, very funny, I must tell you briefly, there was an LBC Christmas card, and the front of the Christmas card was every presenter yes. we had on there. And I've still got a few of these cards at home. It's like little souvenirs. And then LBC got taken over by a company, and people were called in to the room. And as they came out, they'd go... And they'd shake their heads. And we put a big cross over their picture on the Christmas card. <laughs> In the end, it was like a giant noughts and crosses. Oh. There, were, there, were, there, were, there were so many crosses on this 
Christmas card. It was it was quite funny at the time, and I've still got it as a little souvenir from all those years ago. I don't know. Water under the bridge, eh? Morning, everybody. David Beckham's on the front of the uh, paper this morning saying, nobody's told me I've been axed. <laughs> well, you haven't actually been axed. It's just that Capello says he's not going to use you because he thinks at 35. He said, you're, you're, you're great, but he said, you're, you're, you're too old now. At 35. Isn't that terrible when somebody's washed up in, in football? And today is the 71st anniversary of The Wizard of Oz. Seven, good grief, is it? Just click those heels together. Come on, Toto. Let's go and find a wicked witch of the West somewhere. There's plenty of them around. (laughs) There certainly is. 71 years. I can't believe it, actually. Uh, Just seen, says Nathan Morley, the London Nobody Knows with James Mason. That was the one that we we recommended ages ago, which is such a lovely little snapshot of London, and and it's just lovely. And and if, if we can direct Nathan to sort of, you know, little bits of his youth... You know, little bits where he could sort of watch it and have a little, a little tear in his eye, which isn't conjunctivitis. You know, it's it's quite nice. I'm always happy for him. Oh, Nathan, there you are. Hi, indeed. Good morning. Slightly disheartened, I might add, oh. by. Uh, I'm sure you slipped in this story about 35-year-olds being over the hill yes. just prior to my arrival on, on, the, on, the, on the air here, because, as you know, that'll, that's the age I sit at. <laughs> Are you really? So, sorry, it was all funny. No, 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 I was laughing at something else, actually. I was looking at my wages for this month. Yes, yeah, no, you should look at mine, mate, before laughing at Um No, no, being around 35, and I suppose... Um, and looking a lot younger, it's it's easy to it's easy to be confused. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, it, the the one thing you notice in this business more than anything else is the fact that most years they take a, f- a picture of you. So if you've been in the business for any length of time, you can look back at a snapshot of how you've yeah. aged over the years and how you thought you looked at the time. Because <laughs> I've I've got loads of pictures on the LBC website, mainly in the early section where mm. you look at yourself and you think, I thought I looked pretty cool then, but quite clearly, I didn't. No, you need a second opinion, you don't. Thanks. Okay. I'm really, really unhappy now. No, no, no it's OK. I yeah, mean, uh, I, I, think, I, I think sometimes these moments of delusion, when you, yes. st- not you in particular, but you do stare at an old picture of yourself and you think, God, I was a handsome-looking young fella. I've never thought that in any of my pictures. You've never thought that? No, I'm never... I, d- I mean, I'm not... I know I'm not photogenic. I can't help it. I'm not an attractive person anyway. But you were on the oh, telly! And, <laughs> and, you know, but I, I grew up being... There once was an ugly duckling. Oh, I'm oh. very oh. Yeah, You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm more than... I remember saying to my mother years ago, I remember saying, am, am I good-looking? She went, don't be silly. And so I never asked anybody ever again. I, I just don't assumed. believe your mother said that. She did so. She absolutely no did. No way. She did. she did. She said, don't be so silly, Stephen. And so ever since oh. then, I used to stand in the kitchen at parties and go, Volavance, fizzy drinks, <laughs> anything? <laughs> Would you like to talk to me? <laughs> I want to be alone. <laughs> I want, well, if I, I didn't want to be alone. I was, it was kind of enforced. Oh, that's, I'm very disappointed with your mother. Yeah. I thought most, most mothers give their sons and daughters encouragement that they're the bonniest girls and boys in the world. No, I didn't get anything but, like that at all. Obviously nothing. not. No, it was... It was a, I mean, well, as I say, I mean, I should have really known, actually. I'd, I'd come home from school to discover my, my parents had moved, you know, and... Uh, uh, yeah. situation. <laughs> well, at least you got the opportunity. You see, my parents just packed me off to school. Yes, I got that and, too. <laughs> and then I turned up some... 15 years later, uh, to discover they'd moved to the south of France. Oh, <laughs> that's awful, isn't it? No, 
No. no. I, I, used to get, I used to get stuck at school for the whole term, and people would say, are Stephen's parents coming to see him? And they'd go, no, they're not. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was 400 miles away, and they thought it was easier to leave me there. There so, was always so, one oh, boy, wasn't there, looking at the There was always one boy staring out the window yeah. with the rain coming down, and I'd be uh, the one holding a marble in one hand and my little bucket and spade in the other, and... Just going nowhere. And every time you saw a car in the distance, yes. you'd stand up. Yes, <laughs> I'd stand up and think, is, is, is that my, my dad? And it wasn't. And it oh, wasn't. Bless. And sometimes, and the postman would actually come past and he'd look up at the window and he'd hold some letters and I'd think, there's a letter for me. And then, and then he'd shake his head and put them back in his sack and move on. <laughs> it was You're a very traumatic a picture childhood. Of a very bleak childhood. It does explain a lot, though. It does. It does explain a I lot. I was I'm... the little match girl. I stood yes. there. With the, with the Bryant and May matches, and, and when I lit it, I could see a Christmas tree and people being happy and families, and, and then... then it well, these little fingers. nuggets of information about your past, you know, help to paint a picture of you today. Yes, uh, it's served me very well be... in this business. Uh, well, yes. Uh, well, As I, I said I, on stage, I, I... I have no trouble being in radio talking to myself, because I was almost an only child, so I spent a lot of time talking to myself. Yeah, and, and of course, well, I mean, I remember the late night shows. Yeah. I mean, you spent a lot of time talking to yourself there. I did, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I like talking to myself. I'm getting great conversations. <laughs> Nobody argues. <laughs> Some of us were around in the 70s, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can't think of a nicer way to spend the day talking to myself. <laughs> Uh, how did the show go, anyway? Went really <laughs> how did the well. Live show? Really well, actually. <laughs> Thousand people packed in. Well, oh, wow, OK. Two shows. It, was, it was very good, actually. Very, very good. Uh, a very nice audience. Well, when you get the next one planned, I decided that I would, I would um, like Azil Nadir, who's going to try and come well, back to England from back, Cyprus, I thought I'd give it a go. Oh, dear, really? I might come <laughs> in with him. <laughs> well, actually, a, lot, a number of people did say, is, uh, is, is Nathan here? And I, no, he's not. I haven't been to England for eight years. It's changed a bit. We, we, have, a, we have a government in now. Tactics, I heard you there was something, yeah. uh, something eight going years. on. Eight years? Eight years you've not been here. Good Lord. No. It's changed. Well, Charlie it's funny. Cause... Gone. Well, the trolley buses have gone. Yeah, they're not here anymore. Cool, blimey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, when I left uh, Britain, there was a coalition government. Uh, it was Ramsay MacDonald. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could fly him in on a wire, couldn't we, from the wings? <laughs> hell of... Oh, I see, I see him. I thought you meant from Cyprus. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a wire. <laughs> no, I don't have... I don't have any desire to be in Britain, uh, actually. I really don't. And oh. I was talking about this the other day. Not you know, I do go too. abroad. Oh, you must come here. It's lovely. We're open Monday to Friday, 9 till 5. And <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, we're open late nights till 10. You must pop in. I don't know whether, I, uh, whether the, the state would be banging on my door for something or other. You know, being, what, being like an tax? exile. <laughs> yeah, or, or something. You know, something I've probably done. Because a lot of I... Brits, Nathan, who, who left this country <laughs> to go abroad, generally were fleeing from the law. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've noticed that in a lot of cases. So now is your time to be honest and open up to us and tell us why you ended up in Cyprus. Well, I just first of all want to point out a, a point of order, actually, uh, that, that I, I'm not in northern Cyprus, which is right. the which has no extradition treaty with Britain, <laughs> and we're fugitives, <laughs> fugitives as the aforementioned Azil Nadir are. Yes. I'm in the Republic of Cyprus in the south, so I can be arrested at any point Good. if they find out where I am. But uh, <laughs> the, po the, the point is, you know, I was actually, funnily enough, I was passing Cyprus to go to the Lebanon, oh. and, uh, and I never, never left. I was on my way to Beirut. How and, 
Would you wait Sorry? to be rude? Have the authorities in Cyprus realised? I don't think they have, Paul. <laughs> I actually, I don't think they have. I was, I was literally. Well, I came in the September. Oh, it was years ago. Paris and the and East. I was go, going over in December to Beirut, and I came here. I thought, oh, this is nice. Yeah, but why I've were you going flying to over Cyprus for years, going no. back and forward to to Israel? I thought this way. is really nice. So I stayed, yes. and then of course I met Mrs. Morley, the long-suffering Mrs. Morley. And um, and Mr. Chaz and, and and the whole gang. So, so what, why were you going to Beirut? <laughs> I'm still here. I'm talking to myself here. Why were you going to Beirut? <laughs> I told you he can't Hello? hear us. You see, I told you he couldn't hear us. <laughs> I thought I was talking to myself. We, we come back to you, Nath. I thought, I'm asking the question four <laughs> times, and he's blindly going on, and I'm thinking, he's not well, hearing. Well, he does that anyway. He does that anyway, actually. <laughs> <laughs> actually, just, just while we uh, we retrieve him back from the uh, from the region. I mean, fancy going to Beirut, and then he stops him in Cyprus, meets Mrs Morley, and then meets the dog. <laughs> just <laughs> beggar's belief. Uh, actually, I've got a question for him from, from Dawn, because we have to find out whether or not he can access ITV1 to see Lucy uh, Virasami. Oh, yes. Who he likes, the weather girl, who's moving. And uh, Dawn has been told there is a slim chance it may yet be possible for Nathan to get ITV1. So that'll make him very happy. You know, what you know if you turn on the television, you're, trying, you're looking for somebody in, in particular. There's that flight attendant on the television. That's that Stephen Slater. Oh. So that's, uh, that's the, the one that's who... Oh, like. Na- Nathan's back. Hello, Nathan. That was ridiculous. I was just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And after about three minutes, I realised no one was bloody listening. No, we, we're, we were listening. It's just that I was asking you a question and you kept talking and talking and talking. So I asked the question again and you were talking and talking and talking. And then I asked it again and then it went oh, so quiet. I, so, so all that went out on the air? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get the bit at the end where I realised? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got all of that. Oh, the, Oh, crikey. Yeah. So well, all anyway. I was asking you was, shut up. All I was asking was, why were you going to Beirut? You see? We're never going to find out. Must... No, I am. I am here. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I began to wonder whether it was that question that's been censored by the government. <laughs> No, uh, why was I going to Beirut? I can't remember. I don't care now. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> I'm not interested. Oh, Buddha. Um, so, OK. So, so, um, you, so you were going to Beirut, but you end up stopping in Cyprus, where you met Mrs Morley, who was working as a lap dancer. And well, that's true, Mr. that's Chaz true. You probably went to the um, paperback, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr Chaz was running one of those late-night seedy bars. <laughs> that's right, yeah. I, I, in my autobiography, Walking with Poodles, which yes. was out a few years ago, a journey with poodles. <laughs> <laughs> did Mrs. Morley know that you weren't blessed with height when she saw you? She did. In fact, Mrs. Morley was immediately captivated by my charm and uh, you, know, you know my charm, sophistication, and yeah. and, uh, and nonsensical patter. <laughs> uh, I met I met her in a I met her in a restaurant, oh, right. and uh, she didn't speak much English, which was one <laughs> of the reasons she was you. attracted to me. <laughs> <laughs> we spent ten years teaching her English, and now she's realised, oh, God, what have I done? Exactly. Now she's realised she's stuck with you. Because you always no, talk she's... about her, her family in Finland with such fondness. Yeah. You know, yeah. whenever you have to go over there and sit in a sauna with the rest of the family and stare at the ceiling. I, I do genuinely love those moments. Yeah. Um, and, uh, as I've said numerous times before, when I'm dragged to Helsinki... Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I really do make the most of it. Um, stock up on duty free on the way there. <laughs> Oh. But uh, no Finland for me this year. I'm no, no, you didn't go last uh, year, did you? Actually, I think you're right. I didn't. Uh, oh, I know I, I, I was in Berlin, wasn't I? So yeah. I'm, I'm off back to Germany this year. So. It is lovely though, because you seem to have the the perfect marriage. She's never there, and you don't care. <laughs> it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's separation, my dear boy, which makes <laughs> the, the longevity of marriages. Yeah, I have you to know... be honest. Though, given the choice, single is best. I know people who are single don't always agree with that, but I think single is fantastic. Single's great. I mean, I'm, I'm quite happily being single. I know a lot of happy single fellows yeah. who... Love it. Uh, well, there are times when it would be nice to, to, to have a partner. Yeah, it's, 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 well, no, you see, the only thing I always think, and the, and the one fear at the back of my mind is, and it, it's strange to mention it this time of the morning, is you're with somebody for a long time, and then say they they sort of either die or they go off with somebody else. I don't think I could actually cope with that. So I'd rather not put myself in that position. I remember after my father died, my mother was just inconsolable. I mean, it was just... It was just the worst. You can't do anything. And I think... Imagine being married to somebody for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and then one or the other person either passes on or becomes very... And you think, oh, it's just awful. I'm not sure I could cope with that late in life. Mm, mm. I want a nice, I easy think life. You, you've actually just touched on, on, on everybody's greatest fear, and it's yes. in the back of all of our minds. Yes. It really is. It's certainly the one about being with someone for years and wait, you know, and, and, the, and the possibility of them dying. Yes. I think it's all in our minds. Yes, I think uh, it's, it's just something awful. we never bring to the front, is it? No. <laughs> we, try, we try not to, unless you tune into the Steve Allen show. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make I mean, you just cheered a lot of people up. Well, I like to make people feel happy on a Thursday morning. <laughs> I think, and good morning listen, to you after work. I'm actually Don't suffering in misery, you're going to suffer as well. Hey-ho, uh, <laughs> hey-ho. Well, listen, you've cheered me up for the day, and well, you've set me right up. And, and lovely to know why you went to Beirut. Not. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm not even going to bother. No, I can't no. remember. No, I was going there to do some work. Oh, good. Well, that's great. We'll, we'll talk next I week. I occasionally I like to work with, you know, uh, factions. <laughs> I've changed a lot. I have to go. No, don't worry, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'll feeling so you. depressed now. I have to go too. <laughs> Should we talk next week? Yeah, if you want. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try and phone you during the week for a bit of comfort calling. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm always sitting by the phone just yeah. waiting. Okay, don't worry. I'll, I'll phone again. <laughs> Nathan, hi. Ha! And then put the phone down. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Hi, Steve. <laughs> have a nice. Have a nice week. Thanks. See you, fellas. Bye. Bye. That's Nathan Morley. I like to spread a bit of happiness on a Thursday morning, and a Tuesday, and a Friday, and a Monday. In fact, just about any day of the week. These are the headlines. Ken Livingston and Una King have told LBC they've got what it takes to beat Boris Johnson in the mayoral race in 2012. They both say they want more powers over the police to tackle youth violence. Ryanair's been told to look again at their safety procedures after a toddler fell onto the runway whilst boarding a plane. The three-year-old escaped with minor injuries. And safety workers at Heathrow and Stansted are being balloted in a dispute over pay. If they decide to strike, it could cause the airports to shut completely in the week before the August bank holiday weekend. Check on the roads. Charity, help a London child. 12 minutes to 6 is the time. Yeah, well, you, not us. And uh, anyway, it's Thursday. It's very overcast today. The forecast is not rain, which, for which I'm eternally grateful, because we had it's yes, rain later. The, yeah. Is it rain later? Yes, you just read it. Oh, did I? I yes. didn't read it. You did, earlier on. 
I haven't. I think. I've never read the weather. I haven't even... You're it's not, not been sent through. I haven't been listening either. No. Here it says... <laughs> sunshine at first, building up to a beautiful, hot, sunny day. <laughs> staying dry... <laughs> With rain. Dogger Finisterre. <laughs> <laughs> Cloud bringing around some heavy... Well, that's ridiculous. I've just emptied the water butt at home, and I was talking to Mark, who's done some painting for us, and I've said, you know, there's so much rain comes off our roof, I can fill the water butt in one downpour. Really? And I urge everybody to... To get, get a a water, to get a bigger butt out there and fill it up. And the reason being, it seems a shame to waste all that water if you've got a garden to look after. It's ridiculous, especially on your house. I mean, you could put, you could put a few around yours. I could. And, and save the water, and then you just put your watering can in, and then you can... You don't do that, do you? Don't you do don't that. do that watering no, can. You have somebody who does it. Thing. Yeah, I forgot to ask Nathan <laughs> about his uh, favourite girl, Lucy Verasami. Oh, we did, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, it's best not to overexcite him too much at the moment. Just knowing that we think about him should be enough to put him into a major panic. Uh, cool with heavy showers on Saturday. Tomorrow, bright on a sunny spell. Showers and longer outbreaks. It's just rain, 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 isn't it? Well, that's all right. We need it. Do we? Oh, yeah. Well, how much more the, rain do we those need? Those of us with lawns. Well, yes, exactly. We need it. Well, I don't know. We do. Uh, right. Paul. Tell you about my, um, my little scan thing. Oh, no. We... No. <laughs> No, I want to save it for the next hour of the pro. I want to make oh, sure right, there's okay. maximum people listening because right. this is a this is such a good scam. In fact, it was so good that Paul nearly fell for it, and I'm beginning to wonder how many of you listening this morning also got caught out by this mm. because it's it's so devilishly simple, and yet at the same time has dire consequences. The front of it. Yes, Phil says Anthony mentioned it was in the papers that women. Women judge men as partners by what they have in their shopping trolley. I wonder what they'd make of you with your sprouts, coconut water and Christmas lights. I think they think I was a very nice person, actually, <laughs> and who enjoys Christmas. Yes. Yes. Of course. Uh, I've just seen the pictures of the presenters, says Mavis. Who's upset James Whale? Probably just about everybody, I should imagine. I like James's pictures, actually. I've, I quite like I've my looked, pictures. I haven't seen them yet. Have you not looked at them? No. Go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and... Um, and then you can you can trawl through the LBC pictures. Yes, please, says Noreen. We want Nathan at the show and Mr Chaz too. Please let him come. Oh, I don't think well, we can get Mr Chaz. I don't think we'll actually get Miss, Mr Chaz He's too back. expensive. He is. Well, oh, you're you on the front there? page. Am I? You are indeed. Oh, Lord. Oh, look. oh, look, there are... Oh, that's nice. I've lost weight since that. I, w- I was wearing trousers, which you may think is a bit surprising. No, it's because you're standing with your hands behind yourself, which, which makes you push your tummy out. Yes, you know, it does. You're right. So you, you're, it, it's just the way you're standing, I think. <laughs> Nick, Nick looks particularly slim. He does, doesn't and he? James O'Brien looks anorexic. He d- yes, he yes. does not look like No, that. he's not in real life. I mean, I'm... Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, at least I'm on the front page of the website. But they're, they're lovely pictures, so if you go to the LBC website... So, anyway, yeah. and, um... Can you hear you up there? Of course you can, I know, if you had the gift of hearing <laughs> and you put new batteries in, you'd be fine. But, uh, luckily you haven't, and you can't. <laughs> oh, she's... Oh, she's tried your chocolate! I just sniffed it! Oh, she put her tongue in your chocolate. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Oh, that's not nice. That's like Why people... are you sniffing my chocolate? To see oh. if it was your chocolate and well, not my cafe au choc. Oh, oh, I see. cafe au choc. She's the sort of person, you're in a restaurant, you're eating, and, and then she, and, and you leave a bit, because I always leave a bit to send to people in other countries, and she goes, oh, I'll finish that, and the next thing, she's... <laughs> what? <laughs> that picture looks like teacher. <laughs> teacher? Yes. Don't like it? Oh, it's all right. But you do look a bit kind of... Um... Do I look... 
stern. Like just I looked at teach geography. A little bit at the prime of Miss Jean Brodie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, let me tell you, Miss Savory. <laughs> Have another look. You think I look like a teacher? Oh, right. Don't oh, right. Think. Well, I don't know. I don't know what geography teachers look like. They were generally covered in chalk dust. <laughs> Do you think I look cute? Oh, is that what it is? Oh, it obviously dan- not. I've lost weight, though, haven't I? <laughs> what, since? Oh, that's right. You had to think about it. Quite clearly not. Do you not think so? No. <gasps> <laughs> don't you think so? No. Look at that one. <gasps> God, dear. Really? You don't think I've lost weight? Um... Oh, well, that's it. Yeah, stop what? moving the computer. It's making a noise on the things. You, I can't believe I'm you don't think. I'm being told off a lot today. I know, I she's in one of her moods. Stand in the corner. like a naughty strawberry. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm amazed. Because every, I've been through everybody's photo on there. Well, it's also the angle that I'm looking at you at. Yes. It's not a, not a flattering mm. angle. I'm not buying that <laughs> idea at all. I'm, afraid, I'm sorry, I'm going by what you told me first time round, which you didn't think I'd lost weight, but never mind. Mm. Uh, no, no, I said it didn't look like you'd lost weight. Yeah, OK. Really. Uh, Paul says, glad to see the new pictures finally up at the LBC site, just to say how well you're looking. He says, you all scrub up very well. There you go. I like the idea of scrubbing up very well. Covered in makeup. Uh, also like the meerkats and the pictures of the queens. Do wish you'd come up here in Blackpool as we're starved of decent entertainment. He said, uh, you are the... He said, I'm part of the Manchester fan club, Oop North. Which is, uh, which is quite nice. I like that idea, actually, of having a fan club, Oop North. It'd be nice to do the end of the pier. Yes. Oh, she's all at it this morning, isn't she? She makes her own outfits, apparently. Uh, Steve, with all... You made that? Yeah. I know. How can I tell? <laughs> I had a tablecloth like that. <laughs> and I had no idea you could make it into a puffball skirt. I mean, it really is. It's just... And it's a gift. Do you have one of those model things at home, which is like um, a, a model form, and you put the clothes round it, and they're all... Because well, I used to work in this department store years ago, and they used to sell them, and it was... Um, it's cardboard, and if you pushed it in... It came up with all the different sizes on the bust and everything else. So you, you could put your own size in there. And uh, sounds like you had one. Do you know, I wish, I wish I'd never started this conversation. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. See, the only reason you want to be on your own is you don't want to share the Bentley. Actually, I have to tell you, the Bentley went in yesterday for the starter motor. It's sod's law, isn't it? When you say something's going really... Re- oh, it's Paul Zerdin on the television. Oh, Ventricly! We like him a lot. And, um, and, and, and I, was, I was just getting very excited because the starter motor, which was playing up, and they very rarely go starter motors, started playing up. And then for three or four days, it was perfect. Every time I got in, turned it on, started. Went out yesterday to go and change a light, turned it on, click. I thought, oh, no. Went up the road, went went to get something. I thought, I wish I'd never mentioned it. I wish I... Because I mentioned it to her next door. That uh, being, being Chinese, you have to sort of do diagrams and, you know, it just takes forever. And um, so I, I then sort of um, got back in the car after being to this warehouse where they do all the electrical stuff at the end of Twickenham High Street and, and turned it on. It went click and it made an even funnier noise. I thought, right, that's it. It's going into the garage. So I phoned up the garage and I spoke to David because Peter's on holiday. And I said, I need a new starter motor. He said, bring it in. They're very good. Just bring it in now. I said, I'll take it straight to the workshop. And Steve and Jerry had a car for me there. It's an Almira. Well, it's manual. I don't want to, I don't want to complain about things. But, um, frankly, I had to take it through, through, the, through the jet wash. It looked like every pigeon in London had been using it as the public lavatory. So I've, <laughs> so I've left mine in there, which is going to have the new starter motor put in. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a starter motor put in a Bentley. 
but they don't make them easy to find. What a thing to say. What? I don't know if you've ever had a new starter motor <laughs> put in a Bentley. I don't want the... Ma- <laughs> I don't think too many people will have. Well, there might be somebody listening. Anyway. Well, apparently, Steve told me he's only ever done two in his career. Because they don't go, so they oh, hide them in the engines. And you can't just... It's not plug-and-play, as they say. You have to practically dismantle the steering rack to get to it. So, anyway... It's uh, ridiculous. This morning's chat with Nathan was one of the classics, says Ray in Barkingside. That'll be podcast, won't it, later on, I can tell. People will be going, do you know that chat with Nathan? Twice. He totally ignored me. And Lynn says, with all the rubbish on television, I'm looking forward to the new channel, Vintage TV. It's supposed to cater for the over 50, she says, but as you're only 37, it won't appeal to you. I know, but I know most of the people on it. I'm sure it'll appeal to both of us. It'll probably appeal to both of us. I quite, do you know, I'm, because I'm, I don't like youth television. I know it's, it, it's not, what do you mean it's not meant for me? I'm allowed to, oh dear, she's really at it this morning, isn't she? Oh, she's, she's obviously. Today. Do you know what she's done? Somebody's brought her in a lemon, she's cut it, and in between getting here on the bus, she's been sucking this lemon, and it's made her very bitter. That's what it is. It's not normal. It's not normal at all. Because I'm in such a good mood this morning. Are you? Yeah, well, I am. I, th- I have a feeling it's going to change later. <laughs> it's got to get better, you It's got to get better, please. Please, God, it's got to get better. Uh, we will talk to Roger Foss. We'll tell you what Nick's doing after the news at seven this morning. And Paul will have some more of those very funny stories from China. So all of that and more after the news. Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome to uh, Thursday morning... In London, I have to re- remind myself it was Thursday. Well, the sun's coming out, but apparently it's going to go all overcast today and it's going to be rain, and I hope not. Because Richard Hakeer gets his uh, mention in The Standard last night, went to see Whoopi Goldberg, loved her. We'll talk about that. We've got a scam for you. Paul was scammed very nearly by somebody, and I, I won't tell you what the story is. I'll, I'll wait till he, uh, till he... He's just gone to get a quick cup of coffee, so I'll wait till he gets back to tell you. Because you might have had this scam happen to you. Also... The pictures are up on the LBC website, the new presenters' pictures. We're still sorting it. There are some pictures of the Hornchurch uh, show, which is, uh, went out in the newsletter from, uh, from Jonathan yesterday. So you can have a, have a check on uh, those. But if you, um, if you have a look at um, the LBC website, lbc.co.uk... Uh, you can have a look at the new presenters' pictures. I say the new presenters' pictures because these must be... I think it was about... I couldn't remember what, when we went, but Andrew Pearce and I went up there together. And so when I had mine done, and then he said, we said, I'll, I'll wait. And so when, when I had mine done, he, he, he waited for me, and I waited for him. And they, Was it last November? I, for the life of me, I couldn't remember when it was. But anyway, I've lost weight since then. And if you listen to Paul, I haven't lost weight since then. I thought I had, but anyway... Even even Noreen and, uh, and Dawn say I've lost weight. Uh, George in Camden says, I love the new presenter pictures. He says, I, I'm walking to work every day this week listening to you with such sore feet because my new work boots are still being broken in. Lovely. And, uh, do you know, it was the railway arch in Shoreditch where we had these pictures taken. I loved it, actually. I loved it. So, uh, so do go and have a check, lbc.co.uk. And you can uh, see the pic. There's, a, there's about 40... I'm sure there were 50 the other day, so I remember counting them through, and it said 50. Now there's 48, which I find very strange, but uh, at least they're all on there. Alison says, love the new photographs of you in the vivid blue shirt. You take a good photograph. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't guarantee that. <laughs> now, have, have a look at the pictures from that, and then have a look at the pictures from, from Hornchurch. 
Because you're probably going to say you don't look any different in the pictures. I've become quite paranoid over this. Chris says, Thursday's Daily Mail, Tuesday's recommended your favourite shoes, Crocs, for those suffering from diabetes because they've got a soft sole. No, it was a particular shoe from Crocs that they've said is very good for people with diabetes. So I did, I did see those as well, I'm afraid. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether or not I could bring myself to actually admit on the programme that I had been out and bought a pair of Crocs. I do have a pair of shoes that I wear at, uh, for outside at home if I'm watering the hanging baskets, and they're a bit sort of slim. They're not flip-flops. They're a bit better than flip-flops. And for the life of me, I've looked at them, and I cannot remember where they arrived from. They just, they just kind of arrived, and I put them on. But I might have to... If I go out and buy Crocs... And these particular ones. If somebody can send me the article, because I can't remember which one. So it's, ah, it's Tuesday, I'll better find it now. But uh, I, sh- I shall have to go through it. I might go and actually uh, get a pair. <laughs> or second thoughts. I don't think I'll ever be able to hold my head up round here again, I'll tell you. Uh, Zena Atkins, the outgoing chair of Ofsted and social entrepreneur, is looking at the papers this morning. So um, you've got some great stories in the papers. First of all, the, uh, the British air hostess who's having Fraser's baby... This was the girl who was anonymous in the paper the other day. They've only just found a, an air hostess. He doesn't have a great track record with, uh, with women. So we'll find out more on that, I suppose, later. The Mirror have got uh, Abby's raging brother lays into Cheetah Crouch. As I say, boy and girl go out. Boy cheats, apparently, on girl. All hell breaks loose. Nobody cares. Uh, first they lost their jobs. Then they lost their dream home. Then they lost their lives. This was a story, and the reason I mention this is because... It was a story that cropped up in the paper the other day. They were found dead as their children played nearby. They were crippled by debt. This is the story, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you this briefly. It's Barry and Amanda Harrison. They lost their home after being made redundant from a car plant in the grip of the recession. Uh, what they did uh, was they got redundancy money. They then, for some strange, inexplicable reason, pumped it into the house. And so they kept adding things to the house and they had loads of work done. Bearing in mind, they didn't have a job and uh, there was no work on the uh, horizon. And so, and then they started borrowing money to have stuff done. Why people lent them money, I've got no idea. Because if you don't have a job, there's no way of you paying money back. And it would be, you know, not a particularly good person. Anyway, in the end, struggling with these debts that they'd built up and with the fact that their house was uh, semi-repossessed, they decided that the easiest way out was to take their own lives. Now, this has happened time and time and time again, where families... And I remember I know somebody from years ago, and they were it was boyfriend and girlfriend, and it turned out that he'd taken out loads and loads of loans to keep his head above water. The girlfriend had no idea whatsoever that anything was going on. He was saddled with this debt, and the first she knew about it was when the bailiffs turned up one morning, because every time a bailiff's letter had arrived, he'd taken it and hidden it or thrown it away. So the only thing she knew about, and the first she knew, was when the bailiffs came and evicted her. And she was going, but this is my house. And they went, not now it's not. And she was literally bundled out of the house, they boarded it all up, and she was out in the cold. But for this particular couple, he was so depressed after being made redundant from the car plant, he lost his house, they lost everything, and he decided the easiest way out was to kill himself and her. And you think to yourself, what a tragic, bloody Mm. waste. There's always somebody to talk to. There's always family or friends. There's always somebody. Even the Citizens Advice Bureau offer debt counselling. And it ain't fun and it ain't easy. And that's why I get so angry 
when you go into the high street and they go, have you got a so-and-so card? Have you got a this store card? And I go, no. Well, you get an extra 10% off today. I couldn't care less. <laughs> I couldn't care less. And they do it to me all the time. I'm constantly being offered money. And I think one of the papers, and perhaps it'd be another good time to do it now, they sent, I think, a 16-year-old girl into the high street. Within an afternoon, she'd got 16,000 quids worth of of goods that she could get her hands on. Everything from, you know, white goods to this and clothing. And you think, small wonder people get into debt because whatever happens, whatever you borrow, you've got to pay it back. And if you don't pay it back, they'll take you to court. Makes no difference to them. Either way, they're going to get their money back. I'm afraid it's old-fashioned as it sounds. If you want anything now, save up for it. But we're in a society, as Paul will tell you, where it's, why wait till tomorrow? You can have it today. Indeed. And it's, it's, it's just terrible where people, you know, you've got to be so depressed to actually, I mean, this man throttled his wife and then hanged himself. It's like the other day in the paper, this woman who was in danger of losing her children to her husband and she stabbed them to death. Two, two boys and a girl. He was on the television yesterday trying to come to terms with the enormity of this family, just... She survived. She threw herself off a balcony, and she's in hospital. But she stabbed their, their children to death. And you think, I've gone completely mad in this world. Why can't people just sort of live normal life, save up for things, have them, and wait for it? You appreciate it far more, let me tell you. I promise you, I, I don't tell a lie to you. Quarter past six. News headlines, Sam Pittis. And have your say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Right, now, before we lose Paul Savory this morning, he started telling me a story before the beginning of the programme relating to a scam. Now, I think this story is so good, I think that you should all know about it, because it might have happened to you, and you might not be aware that it was a scam. Paul? Well, this started yesterday morning at 8.30, when my doorbell went, and it was packaged for me. I got lots of packages at home, so I didn't think too much of it. Uh, took it inside, opened it up. Inside, a brand new iPhone and a brand new BlackBerry. You'd ordered one. No, I hadn't. Oh. Um, and the packing slip inside told me it had come from Orange. And thank you very much for joining their network. And I hadn't hadn't filled in but anything. With a now proud anything. possessor yeah. of the iPhone and the BlackBerry. Yeah. So I called them up and I said, terribly sorry. Very nice of you to send me these things. But I haven't ordered them. So uh, they said, uh, terribly sorry, they they checked my details. And uh, as you know, Steve, Paul is actually my middle name, which is a trait of our family. I've yes. always been known as Paul, so, but it's not my first name. Right. Packing slip had my first name on it. Right. And um, so they, they, uh, they managed to establish that I hadn't ordered it because the telephone contact number that they had was not one of mine. My oh, telephone numbers. My so they said, "All right, we'll cancel the uh, all the charges, all the agreement, yeah. and we'll send you um, a bag, and uh, you can take it down to the post office and send it back to us recorded. We'll pick up the costs." So I said, "No problem." Thought so, nothing of it. All fair enough. Twelve thirty comes. There's a knock at the door. That's right. I'm from DHL. I've come to pick up the phones. Lord. And I thought, strange, bit quick, even if they had sent yeah. them. So I was, I was suspicious to begin with. Went there, there was a guy standing at the door in a very, uh, shall we say, old and dishevelled DHL shirt. No ID badge, no little electronic pad Computer, that you have to yeah. sign that you always have to. 
and more importantly, no vehicle. No van. No van. I said, where's your van? He said, oh, I've parked it round the corner. They've sent me in a hire car. I thought, nah, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. So I said to him, right, I'll need a receipt for the phones. And he looked at me very kind of, why would you want a receipt? I said, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give them to you unless I get a receipt. Yeah. So he walked off. Oh, right. He, he gave up there and there. I went back inside, called Orange. And I said, look, this has happened. You didn't give them the phones, did you? She said. I said, no, I didn't. She said, good, because we never send anybody like that to pick up the phones. So, obviously, the scam is people ordering phones in your name mm. and then pretending they're from DHL or another and courier company and getting a brand new phone. to come and take them away. You and know they've why? got £1,000 worth of phones. Yeah. So I spent yesterday afternoon with the police. Be warned... If somebody turns up, and let's face it, somebody knocks at your door and gives you a parcel, you don't know what's in it, you open it, you go, oh, an iPhone. Now, I mean, some unscrupulous people might actually start using it and all the rest of it. In which case, I suppose you're a bit up a gum tree. Well, this came with SIM cards, so obviously if you activated the SIM card... Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, hmm. You've got to pay for it. But you want... I'd, this, this goes back to the age-old thing of you want to see somebody's ID. If somebody knocks at your door and says, I'm from so-and-so, I won't let anybody in. No. I won't even let them in if they say they're from the electricity company. I want to see ID. I want to see their ele- electronic machine. Yeah, you see, when the police turned up afterwards, I didn't know <laughs> that they were going to come. Oh. And I went outside just to make sure it was the police. The that police he was car. standing there in a uniform and there was a police car there. Yes. And, uh, yes, yeah, so, so uh, he came in and we sorted everything out. And uh, I wonder I how many people have had phones delivered I that they didn't order. Because if... One delivery. One delivery, two phones, is a £1,000. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Do do that in... Th- put it this way, to drive out to your place, it must be worth their while, mustn't it? Oh, I live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but to yeah. get £1,000 worth of phones. So imagine if they do it, say, they, they might arrange to have all these delivered on that day. They might have collected four or five handsets. So that means you've got... Oh, easy peasy. ...thousands and thousands of pounds worth of stock. Yes, just be aware that this is going on, and uh, if you do receive anything, yeah. call up the company. If you haven't and, ordered uh, it, it's not yours. Yes. It's as simple as that. Be, be very careful. If you haven't ordered it, it's not yours. But, yeah. while it's in your possession, you're responsible for it. Yeah. And if you hand it to these people... Yes. I don't quite know what the legalities are, but I would imagine that if you hand it to them, it's your fault. You're very lucky, though, that Orange dealt with you like that, because I remember once we had a, a neighbour uh, who was repossessed, uh, but unfortunately she'd ordered loads of stuff from catalogues. <gasps> She's thought, yes. Perhaps we'll talk to Roger a bit later, shall we? And <laughs> so anyway, that's all right. And, uh, and she'd ordered stuff from catalogues, then they were evicted. So this stuff started turning up. Mm. So I phoned the catalogue company, which in this case happened to be... I think it was, it was either Freeman's or Littlewoods. It was one of the big yes. catalogue companies. And I remember saying to them, listen, I've got uh, so-and-so, so-and-so here, and, and um, they, they don't live here anymore. So the, so the woman at the end of the catalogue thing said, um, sorry, are you, are you related? Are you this woman's husband? I said, no. She said, I can't deal with you. I said, but I'm saving you money. I said, if she ordered anything else, I can't tell you that. Yeah, I said, but I've got... Eh? Exactly. I said, but I've actually got your goods here. They don't live here anymore. Well, I can't deal with that. I'm terribly sorry. I said, well, more fool you then. And I put the phone down. And I picked up the stuff and I threw it in the bin. 
Because you think these these catalogue companies, they must send out tons of stuff. It must be really, really frustrating. Oh, it must be. But of course, at the end of the day, you and I pay for it. Of course. Yes. Really ridiculous. Thank you to Kate Ward and Chris Bull. Thank you very much indeed. I've got my little card. I shall try it out at TGI's. That'd be nice. And uh, I'm not taking you, Amanda. No, no. They don't do Chinese food. They do normal stuff. They do burgers and shakes and stuff like that. And the last time we took her out to McDonald's, it was the most embarrassing thing of our life. They just McDonald's had just set up in London, and they had these triple fil- thick milkshakes. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Well, she was very small. And, well, we sat there all time with her trying to suck up a thick milkshake through a straw. It was just... It was, <laughs> I can't get up the straw. I was like, oh, for goodness sake, use a spoon then. I mean, taking her out for dinner is really... It's just not, not the best thing to do. So that's that. Are you the one that looks like Chubby Brown, says Steve in Arlington, without his helmet? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether that's actionable or not. I think that's actionable. Kevin the Milkman says, The vintage TV sounds good, Steve. I'm looking forward to watching what my parents watched, because I'm 37 too. You're all very bitter this morning. Actually, I've just bought on DVD. I just bought Hallelujah with Thora Heard and Patsy Rollins. And people look at it and go, Oh, that's nice, isn't it? How old is that? I go, Listen, excuse me, I don't think it's that old. It's lovely. It's got everybody in there. Joan it Sims. Late 70s? Probably, yes. What's going on there? Well, uh, written by Dick Sharples. Oh. And that rings a bell. They've got Gretchen Franklin, uh, Joan Sims, uh, also, um, oh, everybody in here. I mean, just everybody. It's really good. But I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, Thora Heard again. Produced and directed by Ronnie Baxter. I don't know who he is, but Hallelujah was good. they, They play Salvation Armyists. That's right, I and remember I, it. I quite like it, actually. I'm, I'm very, very into these old TV programmes, because I bought the whole series of Heidi High yesterday. I walk in today, and the producer, who obviously thinks I don't have anything else to do, says, oh, did you watch Heidi High yesterday? I said, I'm far too busy to actually say, I might watch that at some point in the future. She seems to think I spend my entire life watching DVDs, which is quite ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right, so I do, but I'm not telling everybody I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Justin Bieber wants a girl like Cheryl. Well, <laughs> yes, I don't think it's very likely. Justin Bieber is 16, but he's writing his autobiography. Oh, Lord. The, I know, I What's know. What's he going to write about? Well, I don't know. I, d- I mean, it's, it's really... I don't know. But the good news is that the Sun and the government are declaring war on benefit cheats. What they're going to do, if you shop a benefit cheat and then they're found out, you can win a reward. I can't wait. I can't wait. I, should be, I, I have used the benefit hotline before. Are you going to get a little badge with stars on it as well? Yeah. <laughs> if you get three, it means you're part of Litter Patrol and everything. I mean, that's really cool. No, exactly, because there are loads of people, loads of people who are cheating, and you're paying for it. You and I are paying for it. So I think, you know, honesty is the best policy. There's a little girl in the paper today as well. She's been branded too fat by the NHS. She's 11. She doesn't look fat. She just looks big-boned. And so she's now refusing to eat because the letter says you're, you're too fat. And I think that's a bit of a shame. You shouldn't tell people they're too fat. Except here she is, Britain's heaviest woman being laid to rest at 45 stone. Well, I mean, she must have trimmed down because the coffin doesn't look that big. And at 45 stone, she's she was big. I mean, you look at her on the bed and then you look at the size of the coffin, Paul. I mean, is that her in there, do you think? I mean, I don't want to ask that. It just seems a, a bit of an odd question. But she she was 45 stone. This is the woman who died because her family took her in Kentucky Fried Chicken and stuff like that. She was on a strict diet in hospital to lose the weight, and, of course, it killed her. Awful, isn't it, really? Yeah. An indication for everybody, eat healthily. Paul, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Paul will be back next week. Next week, yes. He has to rush off into into the blue yonder. 
See if it's another orange phone that I sent him. And uh, <laughs> oh, next time, can you keep it? it? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It took me ages to dress up as a DHL man to try and get that phone from you. But you being honest, you know, <laughs> doesn't work. Thank you very much indeed for that. Okay. Uh, we will have a chat to Roger Foss. We will do the uh, horse racing. We'll find it. There's a great, um, a great item which you'll need to make a mental note of. So get a pen and a piece of paper. Roger will tell you about the Dickens Museum in Doughty Street. And I'll tell you why it's very, very important. Uh, to the side of the news. Plus, of course, if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, you can have a look at the new presenter pictures and marvel at how much makeup goes into some of us before we see the light of day. So it's lbc.co.uk. Have a look at the pictures of the meerkats and compare the two pictures, me there and me at Hornchurch, and I defy you to tell me that I haven't lost. Big BT Vision. This season, football has a brand new player. Ooh, well, uh, Alex says, uh, Sam's. Horse selection yesterday was I for the girls, and we know the owners. Oh, yeah. He says, I doubt Sam knows that the horse has one eye. Is that right? Yeah, as a foal, he was in a field with some mares. Uh, one got upset at his mucking about, kicked him in the head and almost killed him. He recovered, but he lost an eye. Oh. So he's only got one eye. Oh, well, it's great, it's great that he's racing. Yes. That's I mean, a great he, story. Yeah, he, he came in fifth. <laughs> so he lost you two pounds. OK. Not, not such a great story. <laughs> not such a good story, after all. See, see, you never know with these things. You never know what the history of the horse is. I certainly didn't know. No. And so if I had, I wouldn't have picked him. Exactly. Total lo- well, No, you shouldn't discount him, because I obviously think he's, he's good enough to race. Hmm. £76.68 you owe me. Yeah, well, there you go. That says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, whereas Alex picked Amir Pasha, who came <laughs> third. So he lost two pounds as well. But he's still in profit. £50.78. It's almost a meal out, isn't it? TGI Fridays for, for three people. Mine certainly is. Yes, yours. Yours. Well, your 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 loss. I think. I'm, you, I'm you in the kitchen washing up. Yeah. <laughs> I've often wondered if, if you ever got to that stage where you went to a restaurant. And you said, "I'm sorry, I haven't got any money. Um, can I wash up?" Has that ever happened? I really? don't know. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, has it ever happened? People always joke about it, don't they? Happens they on say, TV, oh, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. I wonder if it has ever happened. I don't know. Well, I'm sure it would with you. Uh, anyway, that's your, that's your text for tomorrow. Yes, perhaps I should take you to TGI's. I've never been. Have you never been? Never been. Well, there you go, Sam. I'm going to take you to TGI's. I tell you what, I'll, I'll make you a promise. Yeah. If you have a winner tomorrow, yeah. I'll take you for a meal at TGI's. Was that Amanda TGI's. I heard in the background trying to get a free yeah, dinner? Yeah, she's as trying well. to get a free dinner. <laughs> she's trying to get. Oh, I, can, I haven't eaten at TGI's. I thought, well, you're not now either. <laughs> There's no point in spoiling yourself. Go on. If I get a big winner, take us both. No, no. If, I, I tell you what, if, if you have a winner tomorrow, if, if, if your selection today wins tomorrow, uh, I promise you now, I'll, t- I'll take you to TGI's for, uh, for a lunch. I'll bring you a doggy bag, Amanda. Okay, no, she's not... Ca- no, listen, if the offer is not a- open to her, it's not for girlies. Anyway, oh, uh, Thursday selection, 4.35 at Epsom, Fork Lightning. Mm. He's off to Epsom today, both of them are, so they're going to oh, watch. Nice. He said, I'm going to watch my selection romp home. Yeah, I'm sure. So what are you after? Well, uh, they go at Beverly, Chepstow, Epsom, Goodwood, Salisbury and Stratford, and our pick today has been renamed by the Sports Centre. Instead of the newsroom nag, it's now apparently the Pittis Prospect. The I'm not sure that's going to make any difference at all, to be honest. Good Lord. But it's the five past eight at Goodwood and Alfresco. 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 Excellente. Well, listen, it's, it all hinges. If you have a winner... It's lunch at TGI's. Yeah, I'll bring sandwiches tomorrow. Yeah, I'd bring sandwiches. I wouldn't hold out too much hope for this one. But it's all there with a triple-thick milkshake and sprinkles and everything. Don't rub it in. Biggest burger you can eat and fry. Oh, dear. But that, that, that's the offer. That, that's my, my promise to you, Sam. I'm crossing my fingers so, and my so legs and all the rest. I think I'm fairly safe on this one. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Steve. Take care. Bye-bye. Shelley says, in the style of Crocs for diabetes, silver cloud, apparently. They're therapeutic shoes impregnated with silver particles. Not the ones that I've seen in the Crocs. They're way, made a little bit softer. 
for, for diabetics to look after their feet. I quite li- I'm quite liking the idea, but I couldn't walk down the high street with them. I'm really sorry. I'd walk down the high street with Roger Foss because. Um, oh. Good morning. Good morning. You're hey, right. What even even wearing Crocs? Well, I wouldn't. If, if you were wearing Crocs, I wouldn't walk down the high street with you. No. What about hush puppies? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be happier with hush puppies. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then it's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially as, especially as you, you have been out, you, you, you didn't get to see Whoopi Goldberg. No, sadly, I, I missed that. But, uh, yeah, it seemed like a great night, her opening night, didn't it? it was, uh, yes, I'm, I'm in, intrigued. Um, She's only stood in, she says, because um, they didn't have well, a replacement Sheila, for Sheila. Yeah, Sheila Hancock's on holiday. So Whoopi Goldberg's in it for, well, until the end of the month, I think, isn't it, more yeah. or less? Um, and it's a great publicity. Thing, isn't it? To boost yeah. the show. I, 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 oh, it did. Fantastic. Oh, boy, did it boost the show. And people, of course, have already booked. So they they may have booked months in advance, so they wouldn't have known that they're going to get Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. <laughs> you imagine you book in and they go, by the way, tonight it's Whoopi Goldberg. You go, tonight what? it's Whoopi Goldberg. I know, I know. But they are doing uh, special seats, aren't they? There's 25 seats, I think, released every day for the show. Yeah. Um, so you can go along and get one of those 25 seats, because I, I would imagine it's pretty well booked out now, which yes. is, is really good stuff, because I don't think uh, Sister Act was necessarily doing all that well, actually. No, it, 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 was doing, it was doing so-so, but it actually could have done better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it could have done better, and this is a great boost, isn't it? And it's great to see it all, but, well, if I manage to get to see Whoopi on stage, yeah. <laughs> it'll be great to see her, but, uh, yeah, Never making mind. her West End debut as well. But good, good for her. Fun. So off you went and said to the Trafalgar Studios... I went to the Trafalgar Studios. Yes, I'd already been there uh, when we last spoke to see Shirley Valentine and educating Rita, which is in the main theatre upstairs. But downstairs, there's, uh, there's this extraordinary production. Downstairs, they're doing the UK premiere of State Fair, a musical. It's the, it's the only musical that Richard Rogers, Rogers and Hammerstein composed specifically for the films. So it was written for a film that was released in 1945. So it was just after they'd written Oklahoma. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, this is quite amazing, because that studio downstairs is tiny, you know. It's like a little postage stamp stage. I like the idea of and that. <laughs> I know. And they, they've got this entire Rodgers and Hammerstein musical on this tiny little stage. I must say, it's not like Oklahoma. It hasn't got all the drama of Oklahoma. And it hasn't really got all the songs of Oklahoma either. Although there is one song that you might know called It Might As Well Be Spring. And the other one, It's A Grand Night For Singing. So there's two, two really good songs in it. Um, and also it's an odd story because it's really just about a farming family going off to the Iowa State Fair. Um, and it's a couple of days in the life of an agricultural family. It's all about pig farmers and mincemeat oh. making and, 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 and pickle jars and... and all of that. I thought, hang on a minute, this is a Rogers and Hammerstein musical I'm watching, isn't it? But, but um, I must say, uh, uh, it reminds you of all those musicals of that period, like the Harvey Girls and, uh, and of course, Oklahoma, but also Annie Get Your Gun and, and Meet Me in St. Louis. It's that post-war American mm. nostalgia. It's all that kind of nice, warm kind of show and brilliantly done by this young company. I, I'm really surprised that these young guys that put these shows on, are, are they not like musical geeks? Do you know what I mean? Yes, I would have yes. thought that they'd be a bit like the man in chair in the drowsy chaperone, but they're not there. And, 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 and this guy who's directed it, Tom Sutherland, has done 
shows that we don't normally see, like the unsinkable Molly Brown and Call Me Madam, yeah. Calamity Jane. And, and they do them off West End at places like the Union Theatre and the Cinder and upstairs at the Gatehouse. And so, so it's, they're, they're like sweet old-fashioned things, really, reviving shows that you never normally see. And, and so this really is a collector's item. It's a chance to see a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical that has, has never been done on stage here before. And I tell you, it's a slice of pure old-fashioned Americana. It's, Good. it's as corny as they come. That's what I like. <laughs> corny you see, as, corny yes. as cancers in August. Corny as cancers in August. And who cares if the corn is as high as an elephant's eye? I agree. It's as corny, it's corny and it's Listen, corny. nothing the matter with corny and old-fashioned. I've made a career out of being corny and old-fashioned. <laughs> Uh, very quickly, so I've only got about uh, a minute left. Uh, Cameron oh. McIntosh invited you to the Dickens Museum in Doughty Street. Yes, in Doughty Street. This is fantastic, actually. It's a celebration of Oliver. It's called Oliver from page to stage. Uh, of course, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Lionel Bart's musical, which opened in the West End in 1960. And this exhibition brings together... In the house that Dickens actually lived when he was writing Oliver Twist, he brings together Dickens' original manuscripts, there's costumes from the production today and from the original production in the West End. There are stage props from the original production, including, I noticed, strawberries from the Who Will Buy number. Oh, lovely. And, um, and even Who Will Buy, and there's all the lovely strawberries they used to carry around in the new theatre all those years ago. And, and, and also, what is interesting, of course, that it brings together uh, the Charles Dickens Museum, but it, and it brings together Cameron Mackintosh's archive, but it also brings together Lionel Bart's archive, which I didn't actually know existed. There's a Lionel Bart archive. So there's, there's stuff in this exhibition upstairs in what probably must have been Charles Dickens' bedroom or something, mm. um, items from Lionel Bart's, uh, well, notes that he, he sent to the director, of the, of the show at the, of the, in the original production, saying quite clearly what he wanted and what he didn't want. So he was absolutely clear about things. And um, there's a fascinating one about him telling Lionel Bart, writing to Peter Coverdale, and saying, no, I don't want Fagin to look like some ghetto-type <laughs> Jewish character. I want him to be like some crazy old chicken or something <laughs> like that. So it's great stuff to see. And I think anyone who likes Oliver will, will like it. Anyone who's into Dickens will find it fascinating. Um, and it's got also uh, lots of posters from other versions of Oliver Twist that were done on stage during the Victorian period mm. and beyond. So it's a, it's a great treat. And the Dickens, Charles Dickens Museum in Doughty Street is absolutely fascinating. as a living room there that Dickens would have lived in. And, and as I say, I think I'm sure the exit, main exhibition upstairs is, is, is where he probably used to sleep. Well, but, um, excellent stuff. So, so, so well, well worth treat. a visit for that one. Well Roger. worth a visit. Thank you very much indeed. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Steve. Speak to you then. Have a good week. And you. Bye. There he goes. Roger Foss, our man. So it's the Dickens Museum in Doughty Street. For fans of Oliver, that is the place you should be going to. Quick time check. Quarter to seven. <laughs> News headlines. Sam Pitt. Or say this morning from seven. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Thursday morning in London town. Now, Claire and Pete in Epsom got married on the 31st of uh, July. Because, and I know that they got married because I sent something because uh, Mike from Epsom emailed me a while ago about the, uh, the wedding and also told me that Claire listened in hospital and she was ill with uh, cancer last year. She says, I tried to listen as much as possible 
And, uh, and I'm going to try now to podcast the show so I can hear them more often. Oh, you must. You must podcast the programmes. Everybody podcasts the programmes. It is the most podcasted programme in the history of the English-speaking world. If indeed there were loads of English-speaking people listening to the podcast, they'd be podcasting. I mean, in eight out of ten owners of cats said that if their cats could podcast, they would listen to The Steve Allen Show. She says, can you say a big thank you to my dad on your next show and tell him thank you for making our day very special. And she says, by the way, I do have some wedding cake left. If you're popping down our neck of the woods, you can have one. You know, you can't beat a good bit. I used to love wedding cake before I was diabetic. I could eat icing like there was icing and marzipan. I was there for it. Yum, yum, yum. And that's probably why I'm diabetic, because I used to eat icing and marzipan. And my mum used to do iced and marzipan. I don't know if your wedding cake had icing and uh, marzipan, but it sounds uh, delicious, whatever it is. But uh, Claire and Pete, I wish you lots of happiness for the future. And Mike from Epsom, she says thank you. But you knew she said thank you anyway. And so I hope you all have uh, the remainder of the year lovely. Actually, and I mentioned earlier on that, um, you know, there are all sorts of people who listen to this programme, be they in hospital or, you know, it doesn't matter. We wish you all the very best. If you're going in for an operation today, then uh, it'll be fine, whatever it is. So I wish you uh, well with that one. Very quickly, uh, I've got some more of your texts and uh, emails. Bridget says, I agree with you about the store cards. The shops just encourage debt. I've got no store cards, just a direct debit card. Uh, Stephen Ken said, Orange would block the phones, make them unusable. You just change the SIM card and you can get... Ca- you see people, you see the signs on all these phone shops, we, uh, we unblock phones. Not, uh, not difficult to do. Graham says, unless I'm expecting anybody, I will not open the door if somebody knocks. may seem weird, but better to be safe than sorry. Neil says, the same happened to me with the mobiles, but after some investigation, bank accounts have been opened with my details. <gasps> and Dee says, I had my fitting for the wheelchair. All I need is someone to push it. I'm looking forward to be able to go to Tesco without taking tonnes of painkillers. Wish you well with that one. And Angie says, interesting to hear about the orange scam. I never write my real signature on the electronic gizmo when things are delivered. Goodness knows who has access to those machines. And Colin says, meerkat Steve's Steve looks trimmer than Hornchurch Steve. Maybe it's the glittery jacket. Oh, dear. Yeah, glitter adds loads of pounds. Ask anybody who's got a glitter jacket. They will tell you they add pounds. They weigh a ton as well. They do weigh a ton. Uh, Paul in Stevenage says, uh, it's almost the weekend, got much planed, he says here. I'm assuming you mean planned. And uh, the answer is yes. OK, let's say at the end of the story, yes, I have loads planned for the weekend. Because I don't have my car because it's in having the starter motor fitted, as any of you with Bentleys will know if you've had a starter motor fitted this week. Uh, Deanna says, shopping advice. I need a new microwave, as mine is really tatty, but I wonder, would I be better off with a halogen oven? The cooker is tatty as well. I can't afford to replace it. Is the halogen as good as the ads? It's as good, but it doesn't replace a microwave, because much of the food that you buy that you microwave, you can't really put in a halogen, because they're in plastic containers. You can put metal in there, and it'll cook, you know, really well. So I went to Iceland the other day to buy some more of those fish fingers. I didn't cook them yesterday, because I had bacon and broccoli. Yum, 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 yum. That was very nice indeed, because I've started... I'm a bit caught on bleu. Well, I say caught. I'm more, more caught on than bleu. Or perhaps I'm more blurt than called on. But whatever it was, I had broccoli, and I'm not sure if I was supposed to eat all of it. Because it came in a packet, it was two for three pounds, and it, it wasn't purple sprouting, it was just something else. And I cut it up into bits. It was like cutting up your lawn. And I looked at it and I thought, I don't know, is this it? I, mean, I work on the assumption, if it's green, it's doing me some good. You know, that's, that's the idea. So I'm just eating green Smarties, green licorice comforts, and apparently it's doing me some good. But all the other stuff, I, I wouldn't give you thruppence for. But I'm so into vegetables. I should have had sprouts yesterday, but I looked at them and I thought, they don't look as good as they should. And then I thought, perhaps I should buy some uh, frozen sprouts, 
but I've never eaten frozen sprouts. I think years ago we might have had a packet of them somewhere. And, uh, and they're much smaller. They're little tiny. Th- and I thought, I don't know, perhaps I should eat frozen sprouts. And I thought, no, 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 fresh sprouts are better, you know, because I'm five-a-day boy, which uh, makes me very healthy indeed. Well, that's the idea. Uh, other stories, Princess Anne, on blunt speaking, but being a much-loved royal at 60. Is she? Is Princess Anne a much-loved royal? I didn't think she was, actually. Perhaps they're trying to spin it and make sure she is. And here's the... <coughs> Sorry. Oh, I do beg your pardon. There's a mother thrown off the bus for breastfeeding. Her name is Lauren, and uh, she was on the, she, she gets on the bus, and, and she tries to do it discreetly. Now, I, I've been into shops before, Starbucks mainly, where I've seen women breastfeeding. And to be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of breastfeeding. The argument being, I mean, you know, it comes to the end of the day, I couldn't care less what somebody does, as long as they don't frighten horses and children. But it is a bit odd. They go, oh, well, you know, he was hungry. Well, make him wait till he get home. You know, it's as simple as that. Or do something else. And then he'll cry. And then, well, I mean, you always get babies crying. This one, I'm more worried about Lauren because her, her baby son is called Damarian. Damarian. That's D apostrophe Marion. I'm not bothered about the breastfeeding, sweet pea, and your hoop earrings. I'm more worried about Damarian. OK? Do you not think maybe you should have given your child a better start in life and given it a proper name? I don't think Damarian... Is, uh, is a particularly uh, good name for a child, but perhaps it's uh, quite quite common in certain necks of the uh, wood. Uh, other stories of the paper today, very quickly, just checking, because Paul, Paul went through a lot of these uh, earlier on. They've got uh, Paris Hilton meets Amanda Holden. I don't know why, actually. And apparently Joker Robbie Williams. They're trying to make J- Robbie Williams out as some Joker or something. He was the most boring one out of Take That. I'm terribly sorry, he was. He was you know, we saw him on X Factor. Scary boy. He made his new wife, Ada Field, his queen of hearts, by proposing with a pack of cards. You're going to have this rubbish for the next goodness knows how long, I'm afraid. David Beckham, probably a little bit too old now, Davy boy, uh, because he's 35. And here she is, Stacey Bywater. Why is she in all the papers today? Because Stacey's won the lottery. Stacey's 17, sorry, 18, and uh, she's won... One million one hundred and seventeen thousand. Now, I don't want to point out the patently obvious, Stacey. Uh, she lives in a council house, and uh, they, they've now said she can buy the whole road. Do not be fooled by the press taking an interest, because all the young people before who won the lottery have got nothing to show for it. Okay, try and prove everybody wrong that at eighteen you can be intelligent. She said she's got no intention of giving up work. Only won a million, dear. I don't know how long you think it's going to last, you know, if you want to live to a certain, a certain lifestyle. You're only 18, you've got your life ahead of you, don't give up work. She lives in West Yorkshire with, uh, with Gary. I don't know who Gary is, actually. Oh, that, that Dad Gary. Uh, Mum Linda and Gemma. And uh, older sister Kirsty, who lost her department store job on Tuesday, lives nearby with Alfie too. So, uh, as I say, it's your money. It's only just over a million. I know you, people might say, listening, oh, it's an awful lot of money. It really is not an awful lot of money. Not in this day and age. I know it's a lot of money in terms of... But you're not going to live for the rest of your life on a million, are you? Unless you're surviving on about 6,000. No, you're not going to earn a million, Chinese Amanda. But there again, you know, you, you, you could offer people cooking lessons or something like that, you know. 101 things to do with a wok, you know, and some peanut sauce. You know, it's, it's quite a nice idea. But, but they, the trouble is, all the people, the young people before, who they've put in the papers, it's ended disastrously. Because they, they've got, gone around and said, oh, so what are you doing with your money? It's only a million. By the time all the, all the relatives have been round with their hands out, you know, going, oh, well, your, your sister lost a job, so you're going to buy her a house or help her out. And you're going, you watch that drop down. You go, ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Before you know where you are, you'll be down to 300,000. By the time you bought a house and a car, she wants to buy a, a tasty Mini Cooper. She can't drive, but uh, she wants to buy a Mini Cooper. 
That's uh, that's quite good. I mean, it's it's very nice, and, and I'm not dissing it in any way, shape, or form. But just don't be fooled by the uh, the newspapers. Kelvin McKenzie has turned into such a little lovey at the moment. This dreadful ITV programme in the afternoon, and now Gloria Honeyford has given him a bottle of wine, a bottle of wine from Cliff Richard's vineyard. Now you remember. Cliff Richard even thought his own wine was disgusting. But uh, apparently, strangely enough, obviously Kelvin McKenzie's standards have dropped somewhat because he says uh, this one is uh, lovely. It's called Vida Nova Reserva, and it was lovely. Mm. Apparently it sells for £18.99 a bottle. £18 for a bottle of Cliff Richard stuff. This was the one that when they, they did it on the television with Cliff, they, they set him up good and proper and said, try some of these wines. Oh, don't like that. And they went, well, that's your wine. That's your wine. So there you go. But, of course, Kelvin McKenzie will do a free plug for anybody. So uh, just send all the stuff in to him. And he loves name-dropping. So funny, isn't it, the way he's turned out. Uh, right little lovey. He'll be doing pantomime next with Louis Spence. Because <laughs> I just find that the most horrendous thing ever. Sadly, we have no more time. Do go to the LBC website. Uh, really, do go to the LBC website to have a look at the presenter pictures. They were put up there yesterday. It's lbc.co.uk. There's a link on there to them. And you can have a good old laugh and go, oh, that's what they all look like. And then you can compare them to the Hornchurch pictures and go, hmm, I think he's lost weight. Hmm. Secondly, I don't think he does. Isaac, uh, no, not, not missing, not been there for ages. Not been there for ages at all, actually. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow, shall we? I, th- I thought we'd do it around about five o'clock in the morning. Which is good. So uh, we shall look forward to that. Okay, tomorrow morning, Nick's with you after the news. But uh, first of all, the news at seven, incident I should point out. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis.